Garrett Wellison Pitch. We're so excited to have Shiree Williams with us today. He's a Georgia native, and I know we're going to have a fantastic time with him. So, hey, Shiree, how are you? Hey, what is going on? I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me, Anthony, Lauren, and Michael. I really appreciate it. Yes, yes. So, first, tell us your background. Like, where are you from? Where did you go to school? How did you get to where you are right now? Okay, so, you know, of course, I told you all before all this was recorded that uh, I'm from Waycross, Georgia. So small town, uh, country boy, uh, had one high school, you know, we had a Walmart, all of the great things, a strip mall, whatever. It wasn't even a mall, really. It was just a place where shops were. So JC Penney's, in the South, they call it pennies and belts and, you know, all of that stuff. Goodies. I don't know if y'all remember all of that. Oh, goodies. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm from, I'm from Waycross, Georgia, small town. I went, uh, well, before that, I love music ever since my mom could remember and ever since I could remember. I love music. I was a big musical child. I grew up in the church, singing in the church choirs. Uh, and then I was introduced to, to music in, in my education in elementary school. So, of course, we played recorder. Uh, we sang in the, in the children's choir, elementary choir. And then I got the opportunity in middle school, which was for band. And I was like, oh, well, this seems cool. And I got to tell you this, that was, that was spawned by watching the movie Drumline, which I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I want to be in band because I might want to go to Atlanta A&T. And yeah. then I was kind of disappointed only to find out that Atlanta A&T was not a real thing. Yeah. And it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. But <laughs> needless to say, it was a great movie and it was certainly uh, an inspiration. So I enrolled in band in middle school as a percussionist first. And I did percussion all the way through my sophomore year of high school. So enrolled in high school and I said, you know what? I am kind of tired of, of playing percussion. I, I just don't feel a part, which is not true. You know, just percussion serves a different purpose. It's, it's, right. It adds to, it's an auxiliary and all that stuff. And so I was like, I want to kind of be a little more in the mix of things. So I switched to, you guessed it, bass clarinet. I love the instrument. I don't know what, <laughs> what I was so... Uh, intrigued by that instrument about it was the neck of the instrument just I don't know the sound it was cool and so I was like okay Mr. Bird can I please play this and he was like no and I was like but why not and he was like no we need your percussion so I said okay so anyway me being me and us being band kids I took a bass clarinet home anyway against you know his will and so got one of those standard of excellence books and basically taught myself everything you needed to know about playing the bass clarinet. Learn the embouchure, learn the tonguing, learn the fingerings, you know, just practiced all the time. And so I begged him uh, again, and he was like, okay, you can sit in all this stuff. And so I did that. I was super nervous. I squeaked like on my first day sitting in the advanced band, but I loved it and I did it. And so uh, long story short, the next day, well, the next year, I auditioned for Allstate. And uh, lo and behold, I made Allstate. I was first chair bass clarinet in the Georgia Allstate band for my junior year. And I did the same thing again my senior year. So uh, sat principal bass clarinet in the Georgia Allstate band. 
So left from there and went to Valdosta State University where I uh, majored in music education and my primary instrument was saxophone actually. So I went from bass clarinet to saxophone. Okay. And uh, from there, I got an opportunity. <laughs> I got an opportunity to go and pursue conducting at uh, Indiana State University, which I spent a year there and I ended up uh, transferring over to the University of Cincinnati, the College Conservatory of Music, where I finished out my master's in wind conducting. So left there, came down to the great state of Texas to start my teaching career, and which I started out as an associate uh, director of bands at a high school, McKinney High School in McKinney, Texas. So I, I did that for a couple years, and then I was offered an opportunity to uh, be a director of bands at Fabian Middle School, which is a school in the same district. And so it actually, what, four or five minutes away from McKinney High School where I taught. So uh, after that, I got the call and Professor Duncan was like, hey, so you want to come to UT? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he said, you want to come to UT? And I was like, yeah. And, you know, I've been here at UT uh, for the past two years, going on my third year, my final year. And then I got to go back out in the world and, and be a real adult again. So uh, that's my journey. That's my journey. Journey. That, that's what it is. It's been a journey. Uh, I heard, because um, I have been a fan of yours for some time, and I was actually listening to a podcast that you were on, and you said, UT, you're living your dream. That was like your dream to end up there. So how is it living your dream now? It's amazing. And every day, you know, I have to kind of pinch myself to make sure that it's real, uh, because I, I just would have never imagined it especially being from where I'm from, and you all know, way across Georgia. I, I just would never have thought that, that this would be my life. And so I, I have to always give thanks and just, I'm always grateful for where I am and what I'm doing and who I get to do it with, because it's, it's just amazing how everything works out. It's amazing how your preparation makes provision for the manifestation of what it is that you're supposed to be doing, your destiny. And so I, I am just a fan of everything that is my purpose. And it was purpose for me to like climb through what I had to climb through to get to where I am today. So yeah, I, I'm thankful. You better speak. Right. Speech. That's what I'm so I have a question. Um you went, did you go straight into your master's? Did you teach in Georgia first? I went straight into my master's. So my straight into it. Straight so into how it. was it going like two degrees in and then finally being in front of a band? It was one of the most challenging things I've ever done. Because you know, in, in college, you know, they teach you all the things you need to know, you know, but when you get out there in the real world and you're working with what is maybe your third and your fourth bands here in Texas or your second band in Georgia or, or your middle school beginning group or your middle school beginning choir. It's just like, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. What do I do? Oh, I have to tell you to like, I just, A is here clarinet yes. and let's put down that resonator hand and flutes. Let's, let's try to stabilize that D flat here and let's put our sixth finger down. Maybe, you know, maybe. Or, maybe. <laughs> 
or tubas. Like, let's have an O syllable inside the mouth. So let's open up those back teeth. Oh, so we have a nice tall mouth. I had no idea I had to do all that. All I thought was, I wish I had my baton, is pick up my hands and the art would just happen. Mm. And that was not, <laughs> and that was not the case. It was not the case. And I tell you what, it, that moment or those moments just taught me so much about what it means to be an educator, a teacher, a music educator. Uh, you know, of course, you can get to artistry, but before you can get there, you have to know the foundation. You have to know the fundamental. So you have to be grounded in those musical concepts to be able to provide a musical experience that does, in turn, is transcendent. You know, it turns into something that's, oh, wow, do you hear that? Oh, that made me feel a certain way when they turned their phrase here. Oh, that B flat that the flute sustained was perfect. You know, all of that comes from teaching and yep. the, the fundamental. So, yeah, that's my, my answer. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, like, for me, you know, hearing, it's always when you see people who are obviously have gone through a, a good part of their education already, I always wonder, like, you know, what are the lessons and, you know, everything that you, whenever someone asks you, like, what have you learned, you know, throughout your experience? What are the major points from everywhere you've been, the things that you've picked up and what you would want to pass on to, I guess, the future conductors out there? Oh my God, there, there are so many lessons. Let me just preface this. There's so many lessons that I've learned and I'm sure that everybody has learned on this phone call. Um, I'd say some of the top, top lessons for me would be number one, adaptability. Hmm. Uh, being Because I've picked up and I've gone to so many places and I've been under a, a, a lot of different people, uh, been around a lot of different people and personalities. And it's so important to be able to adjust and to adjust quickly, to process quickly, to download quickly so that you're able to do the best you can while you're in that particular situation. Uh, you know, moving from Valdosta to Indiana, I you know, it was hard. It was a challenge because I'd never been away from home. But, you know, I got there and I had to turn on my mind to, to say and think that, okay, you're here. You have to do what you can while you can and make the best of this experience. So I would gather and learn and just grow and, and just figure out how to be in that space. And so same thing when I went over to Cincinnati, same thing when I went to teach in Dallas and first, my first teaching job. And same thing when I came here to UT is being able to adapt, to adjust on the fly so that, you know, nothing is, is, is dropped, you know, nothing is left, you know, unturned, but you got it. You know how to do this. You're going to learn how to do this if you don't. And we're going to move forward the best we can. So I'd say adaptability is one of them. Number two, because I wrote down some stuff here, uh, along with that adaptability is just embracing change. Uh, that is, is one thing that was really hard for me because growing up, I hated when things changed. Or like when we moved from one house to the next or when I left elementary school to middle school, I remember crying my eyes out because I just did not want to leave that place. And sometimes I still have trouble because I, I've become so attached. 
uh, to people and, you know, to places and to eating at great taco places where I know I'm going to go to another place that doesn't have good tacos or, you know, I love my Whole Foods. And so it's like, if I'm going to go to a place that doesn't have a Whole Foods, I'm like, what in the world am I going to do? So it's just being able to embrace that change. And again, like adapt too is, is just a big part of that, that embrace of change. So uh, that's another pointer that I, I have to have to say and speak on. Another one that I, uh, that is near and dear to me is being vulnerable and being okay with self. You know, that, uh, that for me was, was hard. It was really hard. And uh, it wasn't until a particular situation took place in my life um, that involved me being hospitalized, you know, which was for a severe case of the flu. And they thought that it was meningitis at first. And so I was like, oh, well, I could die. So there's that. So when I found out it wasn't that, you know, I was like, I have to live life every day and on purpose as if it's my last. And I'm gonna do that doggone it. You know, I'm gonna live who I am and be proud of that and be okay with that and not care what others have to say about it because they're not living my life, I'm living my life. And so embracing me was such a, a, a huge thing. And not only just in life, but embracing what I have to offer musically. You know, uh, I tried so hard to be, you know, my teachers. I tried so hard to be my, my colleagues that were in my studio. I tried so hard to be those people who are giants in our field, either if it was on saxophone, on bass clarinet and conducting. I tried so hard to be them instead of being me, you know, mm -hmm. taking the advice from them, taking the teachings from them, taking the suggestions from them and figuring out how I can best live in those to where it's authentically me. And I, I can't preach that enough is just being okay with self, being okay with being yourself uh, and, and embracing that fully and, and being okay with also making mistakes because that's where you learn. And honestly, that's where music happens. It happens in that, that moment of, of genuine sincerity. It happens in that moment of, you know, if you have been defeated, it comes from that, that place. If you have been sad, if you have lost a loved one, you know how that feels. And so you open yourself up to that emotion and you're able to ooze that feeling of loss in your music making and in your conducting and in your flute playing. I mean, it's, it's so much that goes into this and I could talk forever and ever about it, but it's so important to me to pass on is the importance of accepting who you are and whatever that is, uh, living in that on purpose and being vulnerable, just being open. And of course, people say, you know, I don't everybody know my business. And all that. It's not a matter of knowing your business. It's just, it's a matter of you being able to empathize yes. and, and being able to relate and being able to connect. That's what vulnerability is. It's being able to tug on all those things and connect with the people that you get to be with, that you get to stand in front of, that you get to perform along with. And so uh, that for me, is just a huge lesson. Uh, that that I, I feel is so necessary with 
with educators now, with educators later, with educators from the past. It's, it's so important. And um, my last, I think my last one would be practice makes us better. So practice, practice, do all that you can to get good at what it is you're trying to get good at, uh, whether that is going to conducting workshops, whether that's going to flute master classes, uh, whether that is woodshedding, you know, in a practice room for four hours on a, a certain skill or technique, uh, whether it is figuring out how to, you know, be legato and in your conducting pattern, how you can connect from one beat to the next and it's seamless, you know, how to exercise that wrist, you know, and unlocking that hinge as, as something that's so vital to music. You know what I mean? That's so vital to, to how we move and, and operate as conductors. So it's that practice makes us better. And if we do it, we will indeed get better. So I've like spoken forever on that. I'm so sorry. No, thank you. That I know the vulnerability one really spoke to me because there was a moment, uh, was it junior year, Lauren, where we did GMEA orchestra? Yes. Oh, yeah. So I had, I had Lieutenant Kiji's uh, by Prokofiev opens yeah. with the trumpet call or whatever. Mm. And every single rehearsal, I messed it up. Mm. There is, I was bad. It was bad. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, spicy. Like it was bad, like always. And then the, finally I did it on the performance. And then I did it at GMEA, but it was just like, I did not want to, it was hard for me to be open with my colleagues on stage. Mm. It was hard to let them hear even the little bit of mistakes. I would get so upset because I'm like, I need to be perfect because I was given this part. No, you just need to make music with the people you're with. Yeah. Yeah. And so that really spoke to me. And I remember I dove deep into like Brene Brown, all about the power of vulnerability and all this other stuff. So that, Yes, please. It, it's so important, Michael, because we all have been in those situations, right? Yes. To where yes. we feel like we have to outperform and we don't want to embarrass or shame ourselves. And it's not a matter that of you embarrassing or shaming yourself, because the thing is, you're there. You were at GMEA. You made the orchestra. Uh, you, were, you made the chair. You made the seat. You know, and you've prepared and you've practiced and you've done all you can. But it's, it's sometimes it's those little voices that, that sit on our shoulders and they like to talk, you know, mm-hmm. some negative things inside of our ears to make us think less of ourselves and, than what we are and where we are. And, you know, we have, to, we have to speak to those things and sometimes tell them, hey, you need to be quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm, you need to be quiet. I'm, I'm not listening to what you have to say because what you have to say is in direct contradiction to what I actually am. And what I actually am is a great musician, is a great trumpet player, uh, is a model citizen, is a great teacher, is a great educator. And so affirming yourself, giving yourself these daily affirmations, I think is so important too, which I do, I, I try to do every day just to, you know, give myself the, the empowerment to know that I am everything that I want to be, everything that I want to be. And I can do anything that I want to do. I just have to work towards it and I have to commit and I have to be dedicated. But I, I know I've like spun off of this whole thing, Michael, but it's, it's, it's so important that that act of being okay with self, being open, being okay with the mistake, being okay with not knowing everything. Oh my God. 
That is something right there is, is we feel like we have to know any and everything to be sufficient in, in teaching something or performing something. And you don't have to know everything. We're not supposed to know everything. Right. And so uh, that to me also is, is a, another topic within itself. But um, yeah, it's so important, Michael. And I, I agree with you there for sure. Um, and then going off of that same thing of vulnerability and embracing who you are, um, I, I tell that to my, to my kids all the time because you never know what the next day may hold. You, mm-hmm. you know, some people like right now at the school that I'm at currently, yeah. um, just had a student who passed mm-hmm. um, literally in the past 24 hours. I'm sorry to hear that. Please tell my students, you have to live your life today like it, it like it will be your last day and really embrace who you are don't ever let nobody else tell you who you are know who you are for yourself and I love that you were saying that and you you are an embodiment of that um and can you explain your journey on that and especially being a black conductor in a world where you don't see us like that I mean it took me until being in college to actually see a, a black conductor. And, and then when I went to Midwest and I saw you for the first time, you know, at UT, which is one of my dream schools, seeing you there, I'm like, oh my gosh, he looks like me. He's at the school that I want to be at. Like, oh my gosh, how, how, how did you get here? So what, what was your journey on, I am who I am. I am black. I'm a conductor. This is who I am. And this is who I'm meant to be. I, and that's a fabulous question. I, have to say, it took me a while, Anthony. I'm not even gonna lie to you. It took me a while to be okay with me. And to give you even more, I think what it takes is experience. Your own personal experiences that give you the power and the permission to be able to say, okay, I'm gonna live this life now on purpose. I'm going to do everything with with direction. I'm going to do everything that is me. Uh, I'm not going to apologize for who I am and what I do. Life is too short. I only get so long to be able to do this thing that I love to do. Uh, I've been given this passion that I, I have to share with the world, and I don't want to be restricted because I'm not okay with me. And if you think about that, it's an excuse really, you know, an excuse that you're not okay with you. Why aren't you okay with you? And so you have these conversations with yourself, which I do a lot and people think I'm crazy, but that's, that's fine. I have moments where I just sit at home and I, (laughs) I have these conversations with me. Like, so why do you feel that way, Shiree? Okay. So why did that take place? And now, and now like this has taken place because you did that. Okay. So you feel this way. All right. You're allowed to feel this way, Shiree, but you cannot stay there. You can visit, but you can't stay. You have to understand the lesson and everything that's taken place in your life. You know, whether it was 10 years ago, today, whatever. Understand that each moment has a lesson. 
And it's teaching me something. It's teaching me more about me and how I exist and how I operate in the world. So anyway, I think a lot of just being open, being vulnerable, being okay with self comes with your own individual experiences and, and understanding that, you know, hey, you're a person, we're people, we're prone to error, we're prone to mistake, you know, we're prone to all of these different variables that indeed make us human. And so how can we live in this human world and be as effective and be as positively contributing to whatever it is that we're doing? So that's, that was the first part of that question. I, Anthony, did not see, of course, I had a black band director mm -hmm. uh, in high school mm -hmm. and which Mr. Bussey, Albert Bussey was his name. And I don't know if you know him, um, but- Where, uh, Where County is- Yeah, Where County, Where County High School. Yeah. Uh, and so he's since retired, but he, I remember seeing him like, oh, okay, I can be a, a black band director. Right. Wow, that's awesome. And I had no idea about being like an actual conductor. You know, I, to me, the two were separate. You know, I'd be a band director and I'll be a conductor. Yeah. Uh, but that was silly me to, to think that way. So anyway, um, I did not see a black university conductor until I was at Valdosta State and I got to lay my eyes on uh, Dr. Roby George, who is the director of bands at Indiana State University. And uh, I just, I couldn't believe it because I was like, oh, I can do that? What? I yeah. can do that? You know, and like even with conducting, um, I remember, and how I got into that was um, I've been conducting I was a drum major in high school, you know, if you want to call that conducting or time beating or, or whatever. <laughs> uh, but I, I did that in, in high school. And then of course I took my beginner conducting classes like we all taken uh, in undergrad. And it, it was the advanced conducting class that just wrecked my life because my teacher, Dr. Brazier, he did some something, some gesture some nuance and we were playing along in the, in the lab band that just astonished me. Mm. And I just could not believe that you could do that with gesture, that you could emote in a certain physical manner and get somebody or the ensemble, you know, to play a particular way, to, to play, to articulate this way or you want the sound to be this way, to be rich and full. And that amazed me. And I remember asking him, I said, Dr. Brazier, like, it's amazing, first of all, that, that you're able to do this with just movement. I said, what are your like degrees in? <laughs> and he was like, this, this, this. And I got my doctorate in conducting. I was like, what? You can do that? <laughs> So that for me, I was just like, I'm going to be a conductor. I want to do that. That's where I feel like I can live. And I feel like that's where my, my purpose and my passion is, is, is in conducting. And so I, that's where it kind of all started for me, Anthony. And ever since then, it has been, it's honestly been great. It's been great. 
you know what, your story and my story sounds so similar because <laughs> it's the same thing. I was a high school drum major and that's where my love for conducting happened. It wasn't until at KSU with Dr. Keeler and just seeing the things that he did. And I was like, mm-hmm. I ain't never seen that before. <laughs> What's going on around here? What's going on? There is some witchcraft or something because like, I mean, I always like to say the South Georgia band director, or just really Georgia band directors, they all kind of conduct very similar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. Like, and then that's nice. And like, I, that's what I, in my head was like, conducting. And then when I saw Keeler and I was like, that, that's not what I'm used to. What, what is this going on? And I remember asking him like, where, where did you go? And then he told me I went to Michigan State. I went to UT. I got a doctor degree. That's how you call me a doctor. And I was like, well, guess what? I'm going to be a doctor too in this degree because that is just, I, I fell in love with it. I love it. And even, even now, even though I'm like, I have 20 people in my band, I still, I'm like, you know what? Here's a gesture. Here we go. We're going to do it. We're, we're, yes. and so like, it, it's, conducting is just free it is authentic it is just something that I can't even explain to to just uh, it's just a love and just to hear you talk about I'm just like yes everything that you said is yes I completely completely feel that well thank you thank you you. yes yes and And something sorry no Anthony you go ahead first that's the thing because I talk to Lauren and Michael all the time and Mm -hmm. and I remember they asked me one time, was, can you, they asked me, or Michael asked me, can you name uh, some collegiate uh, Black conductors, like mm-hmm. universal Black conductors? And well, I was like, so do you, it's very small. The, the pool, I mean, I, I could talk about HBCU conductors, of course, but if you want something other than that, that list is very, very, very small. And so I kind of made it my mission to be like, I am going to be one that start to change this ratio because I know people of my age and people younger, Mm. just seeing that one person, like seeing you in the position that you're in is inspiration for me and inspiration for people behind me. It's like, we can do this. We belong here. Our voices belong here. We have just as much right to music as anybody else. And so, it's just so good seeing, you know, change happening um, while we are still in this era that we're in. So, And that's, it's so important that you say that. But what's so powerful, I think, Anthony and Lauren and Michael, is the ability to see. If you had not seen that it was possible, then you would not have been able to make it possible. Mm. And so I... I'm thankful every day for the power in being able to see what it is that I want to do, to be exposed, to just be, have an eyewitness to those very things and say, you know what? I can do that. I can do that. And it was somebody who told me, I think H. H. Bob Reynolds, Professor H. Bob Reynolds, uh, he, I love him so much. Great mentor, great friend. And One day he was showing me, so I was at a workshop and he was showing me something, he was telling me something I needed to do. And he said, you got to figure out how to do this. But he said, you can do it. Because, and I saw him do it. I was like, okay, I can do this. 
And in that moment, I was just like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm downloading that. I can, I, can, I can see that and I can do it. I just have to figure it out. And that's the part. It's just figuring out after you've seen the thing, after you've seen uh, the, the Black conductor, after I saw Dr. Roby George, after I saw Mr. Albert Bussey, it was like, okay, all things are possible. Now, what am I going to do to get there? What type of action am I going to put in to get to that destination? Yeah. And, and so for me, I think just the power, and I, it's so important even for our kids, those that we teach, it's so important that we expose them to, to these things, to, to diversity, uh, two different areas within the music realm, you know, performance, conducting, uh, musicology, theory, just all the things that we know are possible, we need to make a mm -hmm. thing for them too, mm -hmm. you know? And so again, I, I just can't, I can't harp enough on the importance of seeing and just being exposed because that, that plants a seed and it, what waters it is the work that we do to, to get to the thing that we've seen. And so, yeah, I, yeah, I can talk on that forever, but it, that's so important to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I'm, you know, I'm not a conductor, I'm a performer. I've always been, but I, you know, during middle school and high school, my school was the same six through 12. So I got to stay, the, you know, the same place with the same band director and he was um, an African-American male. And so for me going into a program where I already see someone of color who is already in such a major role of being director of bands at, you know, this fine arts academy. Like it, for me, it, it showed, and I know there was something my mom commented on immediately was like, oh, there's a black band director, <laughs> you know? And for me, I was kind of like, that's really dope because that's not something you see very often. Like I was in church choir and everything. So, but to have somebody who was running a band to be up there as a POC that showed me a lot of things of like, I, yo, I want to do that. And for me, actually in high school, we didn't have marching band because we were at fine arts school. So we didn't have those sports, but he allowed me to really set myself up for knowing if I wanted to be a music major and, you know, and go on. And so he let me, you know, be his basically assistant conductor and beginning band and do all these things where I really thought I was going to end up being you know, a music educator, because the way he like pushed passion into us, he always demanded our best. And he was hard. He was hard because he knew when we weren't giving everything we could. And for me, you know, that has stayed in my mind. I'm still in touch with him. And the lessons that he taught us in a really early age is still with me. And like, as a performer, I always say like, those people in front of us, those people who are showing us the way are so important. Yeah. You know, I know we, we crack jokes a little bit about conductors and, you know, but you, it's just, you're so important in the things you do, not only physically, but how you show us the music, how you interpret it is just so important to me. And, you know, I know you value all conductors and teachers value different parts of being educators. And I wanted to ask you like, what, you know, what is your favorite part of teaching? Oh my God, <laughs> Lauren, that's, that's a hard question because there are so many moments that I have enjoyed and that I do enjoy. Um, I, I think what's most important for me or what I value most about teaching are my students. Just the opportunity to be able 
to work with them and be a part of their journey, to be a part of their development, not just musically, but I'm, I'm talking about being a mentor and knowing how they are as, as themselves. Like, how are you doing? What is going on with you? You know, everything good? Like, I, I, I don't wanna just be, and I, I would always tell myself, I don't just wanna be that band director. I don't wanna just be that music educator where every other part of what our job is supposed to be is obsolete. I want to be the, the whole educator. I want to educate the entire student. And so for me, being able to work, work with people is just so important to me. It's, it's something that's so invaluable. And I stress so much to, to people who are going to be educators, who are aspiring educators, is love those people that sit on the other side of you. Love them and mean it. Mean that love. You know, show them, guide them, teach them, give them room to, to, to try things and to make mistakes and to ask questions. I mean, you know the line not to cross. Y'all, you know what not to cross. You know what not to do. You know, with that in mind, though, just be the best person you can for those persons that sit on the other side of you. Because they're, you can't do what you do without them. Nope. You can't. We need people. And so when we value people as people and not just things to get us the award, to get us you know, the honorable mention, to get us the championship, then that's when you're doing your job the right way. To, to me, that's when you're doing your job the right way. So Lauren, I, I, love, I love people. I think that's the biggest part of what I do. Uh, I love seeing the smiles on their face when they actually get a certain concept or there's like, oh, Mr. Williams, I got it. And I'm like, good, that's so good. And just being equally as excited with them. And it's just like, oh, and, you know, maybe when they respond to something, you know, gesturally, I'm like, oh my God, did y'all see what y'all just did? They're like, what? I was like, you intuited what I was, ah! And so they're just like, oh my God, Mr. Williams, whatever. So, you know, that to me is seeing them, seeing that sparkle in their eyes, seeing that smile on their face, um, and just knowing that they're just as involved in this as I am is, is a treat. Wow. I love that. First of all, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> it really has. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Your, your words of wisdom for us and our listeners is just beyond anything that we we could have imagined. So first of all, thank you for giving us your time and, and just spreading your knowledge and your wisdom to us. So thank you so much for, for doing this with us. Thank you. It was an honor. Thank you, Anthony, Lauren, Michael, all of you are amazing people. And I am so grateful that you gave me this opportunity to, to spend some time with y'all. So thank you a lot. It was yeah. our, our honor, our pleasure. So thank you. It really is our honor. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And so before you, before we all leave, um, how can our audience find you? Because we all want to be on your journey as you continue. So how can we be a part of your of your crowd, your your you know, your oh town? My God. You. Um, <laughs> go and follow you. So please, you can find me on Facebook, Shiree Williams. 
S-H-I-R-E-E Williams is, is how you spell that. And then if you're on Instagram, I'm also on Instagram. Follow me also at Shiree Williams. Uh, I think, yeah, Shiree X Williams, maybe. And then you can also email me. If ever you need to email me, my email is shirewilliams one at gmail.com. So whenever you need to get in touch with me, please feel free to do so. Perfect. And we'll also have your sub link down below as well. So audience, I know you're clapping with us, but just thank you so much um, for being here. We loved it. Um, and for our audience, thank you for listening. Um, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.